Carl Smith. Yes, and so if uh, you have been a part of the Tag Your It podcast and YouTube for a little bit, um, you have met him before, but we know that we are always cycling through new people and all that kind of stuff coming in as we discuss and uh, meet people in our in our personal lives. So um, again, we'll have to definitely reintroduce you, but before we get into this whole discussion um, today, I just want to bring to light some scripture. Um, we always go to scripture first. And if you go to Deuteronomy 18, verses 20 through 22, it looks here, it says, But the prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. You may, or you may say to yourself, how can we recognize a message that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the Lord's name, and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled, that is a message that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. And right. so with that said, uh, we have Charles back on the show with us. So if uh, you go back in our catalog, um, there's a pamphlet that he um, had posted on his Facebook Dave and I um, was like, hey, we want it. We want to read it. We want to see what you got. Remember, he is a part of the uh, Missouri Baptist Network, or Apologetics Network, any, anyway, with us, with us. And so we want to b- utilize all our brothers and sisters in Christ that are with us in the Missouri Baptist P- Apologetics Network anyway. But we talked about sharing Jesus with those who think they have the truth. And in this uh, pamphlet, he talks about, you know, coming out of Jehovah's Witnesses and himself and everything, um, how he's like, if Jesus taught it, that's what I want to believe. I don't want to believe what you say. I want to believe what Jesus taught. This is what Jesus taught. And that's how he talks to people with this pamphlet. Well, um, another, I think I'm trying to think how long ago it was. It was about a year, just a little over a year ago that we had you on to talk about that. Uh, If I remember right, I can't remember if it was before or after your conference that you all had at sunrise beach last year um but we did talk about it sometime in 2020 if i yeah. remember correctly yeah and, so. and, and then after that you know I, I think it was maybe earlier this year you had posted a picture of a watchtower uh, magazine um you know with a bunch of older people on it talking about 1914 i know that it started some discussion on your own timeline or whatever but i was like this is what we need to talk about with you is um is prophecy and false prophecy and all that kind of thing, all the things with that, with the Jehovah's Witnesses. And so that's why we brought him on. He has also given us um, the uh, delight to have a couple of more pamphlets he's put together um, about false prophets uh, that will damage you, your spiritual health and lead to complete destruction. And then also what is all this stuff about 1914? And so we kind of want to get on a different end of what Charles has gone through himself um, again, coming from uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. So um, with that said, I want to ask Charles to reintroduce himself to our audience and everybody um, so they know where you're coming from, and then we'll get from there into what we're going to talk about today. 
Yeah, my name is Charles Smith, and I was a Jehovah's Witness for 38 years of my life. Uh, I was born into it, and uh, might even still be a Jehovah's Witness today, except for the fact that uh, they are bona fide false prophets. Mm. And Jehovah's Witnesses always pride themselves on being obedient to Jehovah. And a lot of a lot of times in their obituaries, they'll say he was faithful to his family and obedient to Jehovah. Mm. Well, I was obedient to Jehovah because it, the scripture you just read, Deuteronomy 18, chapter. Uh, he, God commands us, Jehovah commands us not to fear or respect or have anything to do with a false prophet. Mm-hmm. So in obedience to Jehovah, uh, I started looking elsewhere for the truth, and I found the truth in Jesus Christ. Amen. And by the way, this uh, 1914 magazine that you have here, that's um, from uh, May 15, 1984, mm-hmm. and it's the 1914 generation that will not pass away. Every single person on that picture has deceased. They're yeah. all gone. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's kind of like the discussion. So you said, uh, you know, you not only did you teach, because it's from that um, that Deuteronomy passage, just right before it, it's talking about how God is going to send one like Moses from among them to be the true prophet. Mm-hmm. And again, it is Jesus Christ who is the true prophet. And so he did come and say things like, this generation shall not pass. These another, things another must thing, take place, uh, right? Another thing, too, about the... the uh, the 18th chapter of Deuteronomy. That's mm-hmm. the chapter that deals with witchcraft, mm-hmm. necromancy, mm-hmm. Uh, killing your children, you know, giving your children to the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, these are the abominable things that the nations are doing. And that's why I'm driving them out. And in that same chapter, he scores false prophets. So mm-hmm. this is pretty important stuff. This is, oh, well, we just made a mistake, you know? Well, yeah, it's a pretty serious mistake to engage Jehovah God's name with a lie. That's a real yeah. uh, problem. That's a real big mistake. Oh, yeah. So do us a little favor here real quick as we begin to jump in this. And because there might be some people, we never know those who might just start listening and maybe haven't backlogged. Give us just a little bit more in-depth um, bio of how you were involved, how you came out, and then uh, kind of what you hope to do with these two booklets, and then we'll begin to kind of work through some of those uh, individual documents that are in these books, and, and Adam can hold those up for everyone to see. We're actually going to be okay. talking about two different books of Charles. Um, number one is, what's all this about 1914? And then the next one, Charles, what is the specific name on this one? It's like failed prophecies are bad for your health. Warning failed prophecies. Yeah, I kind of kind of took that off the took that off the cigarette label, you know. <laughs> warning, you know, yeah. warning. False prophets will damage your spiritual health and lead to complete destruction. And it's mm-hmm. taken from Revelation 21 10. Mm-hmm. This is a booklet. What's all this stuff about 1914? A lot of Christians have no idea how prominent the date 1914 has has fit into the Jehovah's Witness religion. And it's, it has been extremely important. Of course, they're wanting to fade away from it now. They're wanting to distance themselves from it now. But for decades, they were telling people that uh, the generation that saw the events of 1914 would see the end. They'd be on hand for the end, for Jesus's return. Uh, originally, uh, and I think you're, you have um, that scored on your, uh, on your, your sheet there, Originally, in the book, uh, The Time Is at Hand, uh, written back in 1889, 89. Yeah, 89, they were they were telling people there were seven things that were going to happen before, by or before 1914. 
not the least of which was the complete overthrow of all earthly governments. That was supposed, 1914 wasn't the beginning of the end. Jehovah's Witnesses taught, Charles Taze Russell taught that this was, this was going to be it. 1914 would be it. And uh, of course, none of the prophecies that he uh, foretold came through. He was foretelling the rapture. He was foretelling the reestablishment of the Jews in Israel. Uh, he was, um, uh, he was prophesying the, the end of all earthly governments. There are seven things there. And not yeah. one of those, not one of those things, not one of those mm -hmm. things came true. Before we and, work through each of those, how did he get to the date of 1914? Yeah, Give a, us some of the one. math on that. And, and, uh, yeah. Give us some understanding. So I want to make sure that it's so clear because I also, I want to get it right when I speak to others. And I think that that's one of the things that was the most informative to me was, look, I don't want to argue. I actually have an opportunity to inquire, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can jump back to uh, a document like this, right? And again, this is right. from the book, The Time is at Hand, written by Charles Taze Russell in 1889. And you've gone to that, you've provided references, you've got a copy of it here. He makes it exceptionally clear right here at the beginning. In this chapter, we'll present the Bible evidences proving that the full end of times of the Gentiles, that is the full end of their lease of dominion, will be reached in A.D. 1914. So right. how did he even get to 1914? Uh, another thing he said, I'll, I'll get to that point, but another thing he said, in this volume, we offer a chain of testimony on the subject of God's appointed times and season that is beyond, beyond the breadth and depth of human thought hmm. and therefore cannot be of human origin. In other words, he's saying this is from God. Uh, he's he prophet. To, you, you, yeah, yeah. They, what, you know, he likes to, they like to, false prophets like to play both ends against the middle. Uh, they like to say, well, we're, we really never claim to be a prophet. Well, what's this? I mean, yeah. he's putting this stuff together, and he says, these are God's thoughts. These are not my thoughts, you know? Uh, one lady uh, that's on the uh, Facebook, she is a, a Russellite troll, and she says, well, he never claimed to be a prophet. He was just a student of prophecy. And I wrote back to her, I said, well, if he's a student of prophecy, he flunked, and we don't need to be listening to him. He failed <laughs> yeah. all his courses. But um, the way that they arrive at the date 1914 is um, very interesting. Um Russell is not didn't have very many original thoughts. Uh, most of this stuff comes out of the whole uh, William Miller 19, 1844, 1845 uh, fiasco where the Lord was going to return. And the chron a lot of the chronology uh, that is that William Miller based his stuff on came from a guy in England that was called his name was John Aquila Brown. And John Aquila Brown is the one that first came up with this day for a year, year for a day in the Gentile times in, in uh, Daniel, the fourth chapter. Um, he didn't arrive at the same dates, but the same formula is used by those early false prophets. And this is how it goes. They go to Daniel, the, uh, the fourth chapter, mm -hmm. and in Daniel, the fourth chapter, it mentions that there are seven times it will pass over Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is made to eat uh, hay and straw like an ox out in the field. He's been mentally deranged, and so he's out there eating straw and, and hay in the field like an ox. And seven times are supposed to pass over him, yeah. according to the, the context. Well, they say that these seven times are 360-day years, seven 360-day years. There's nothing within the context that leads them to 
believe that, but that's what they say based on other scriptures that they that they pull in. So mm-hmm. seven times 360 of these days equals 2,520 days. Now, they jump out of the context of the fourth chapter of Daniel and apply the day-for-a-year formula mm. to this 2,520 days. And so they start their 2,520 days with the overthrow of the Judean kingship by Nebuchadnezzar. They say this happened in 607 BCE. We know historically and biblically that it happened 586, 587. But nevertheless, they start with 607 BCE. Mm. They they uh, go forward then 2,520 years to the date of 1914. And they say this is will be the end of the Gentile times and the Judean kingship will be reestablished uh, by Jesus Christ. Well, there's nothing within the context of the of Daniel, the fourth chapter, that leads us to believe this. Uh, that Daniel, the fourth chapter, is dealing with Nebuchadnezzar yeah. losing his kingship. Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian rule has nothing to do with Israelite our Judean rule, and yet they yeah. somehow transfer this, and this is really a bogus exegesis. This is not exegesis. This is pure eisegesis is yes, what this sir. is. That is, that is, you know, throwing in something that is not there. Uh, I once asked a circuit overseer uh, who was visiting us, I said, where do we get the right to jump out of the context of Daniel, the fourth chapter, and apply this day for a year formula? And, it, and you know, where, where do we get that? And he said, well, if that, he, they always answer your question with another question. Of course, I had an answer for him. But anyway, the question was, the question was, uh, well, how, if that's not the answer to this, then what is the, the fulfillment of this? I said, it's just what the chapter is talking about. Nebuchadnezzar thought he was pretty hot stuff. And uh, Yahweh, Jehovah, knocked him off of his throne until he realized who was the boss. And the boss is God. The boss is not Nebuchadnezzar. The boss is not Adolf Hitler. The boss is not... Um, Whoever, the boss yeah. is God. He puts on the throne and takes off the throne. And that's the lesson from the fourth chapter of, of Daniel. And he says, well, uh, you can believe that, but don't tell that to any of, uh, of the brothers and sisters because it might confuse them. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's how they arrive at the 2,520 days. Seven times, according to them, equals 360 days, seven 360-day years. You multiply that, and you come up with, 2,520 days, and you give it a year for a day formula, and they come up with 1914 going back to the date of 607 BCE. That's how they arrive at it, and that is some yeah. pretty tricky stuff. And and he got that from John Aquila Brown, uh, mm. who was three or four generations away from, from him. But all of this stuff, all of this stuff spawns out of that whole uh, William Miller stuff. All of it. It comes yeah. out of that. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, you know, just just uh, for me anyway, is to understand what happened in the 1800s, because you have um, the whole dispensational issue that's coming to the fore as well. So you have you have that that whole futurist mindset at the same time that you get this whole restoration movement where it's not just the Jehovah's Witnesses, it's the Mormons, it's all these other people that's saying Basically, they're they're making Christ lie because they actually start with the premise that there is no true church and they're restoring yeah. the church. And so from the get go, everything that happened in the 1800s with a lot of these new movements that are claiming Jesus, they actually turn him into a liar from the very beginning that the church did get uh, trampled by the gates of hell. And it's them that it's bringing it back. 
Well, and then this yeah. this whole this whole night this whole date stuff. Uh, yeah, like I say, in our era, may have started with um, uh, William Miller and the yeah. Millerite movement, but he got his stuff from John Aquila Brown. And there's a book that's called 1914 Reconsidered by Carl Olaf Johnson. And this book, he, this guy goes all the way back in Christian history to a guy by the name of Joachim of Flores. And Joachim of, Joachim of Flores was the guy that first incorporated the day for a year formula mm. into Bible prophecy. And uh, and he was a false prophet. And the Catholic Church originally, a lot of the Catholic in the, in the Catholic Church kind of went along with his theories. But after he died, they posthumously excommunicated him from the church. But John, uh, John Aquila Brown, and these guys borrowed a lot of stuff from from people like that. We we, we actually have a pedigree of false prophets that we can trace hmm. throughout church history. And that that fellow, uh, uh, Carl Olaf Johnson, he just did a a great job in uh, bringing up bringing everything into context historically as far as these false prophets are concerned. So here is one of the things I want to jump back to. We've got a document in front of us from 1889 written by the founder of the Jehovah Witness or um, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. We first and foremost started with scripture in Deuteronomy saying that if you're a false prophet, they should be put to death. Am I correct about oh, yeah, that? That's what, that's what if Deuteronomy says. they're prophecy isn't fulfilled. Let me just unpack a little bit of these pieces. Now, I know that those who are watching can see these things. Those who are listening will kind of miss them, but let us let me just run through these seven prophecies because most people haven't ever even, and I didn't until I read your book, I'd never heard the prophecies. Prophecy number one, and again, he's saying that all seven of these things are going to happen by 1914. It's not or as before. simple or before. By or before, yeah. <laughs> so it's not as simple as the world ends in 1914. That is always what I've been told. Uh, Jehovah Witnesses, they believed that the world would end. It's, it's a lot more in-depth than that. So yeah. seven objective pieces that we can actually look at. Number one, that at that date, the kingdom of God for which our Lord taught us to pray, saying, thy kingdom come, will have obtained full universal control, and that it will be set up or firmly established on the earth. What does he mean by that? Does he contextualize that in other places? Well, he means just what he says, that uh, that God's full universal control. He'll be, he'll be in control by or before 1914. Won't be, any, won't be anything else in control. Christ will be on his throne in 1914. By or before 1914. In a literal sense. So, so they, universal, yeah. con, universal control. Not just, not just control in heaven, but control on earth and everywhere. Universal control. So gotcha. did Jesus lie then in the Great Commission when he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Do you see right. my shirt here? <laughs> my shirt? I can't read it. I can't but, read yeah. it. Sorry. <laughs> it's as Jesus said, all authority was given me in heaven and earth 2,000 years ago. Oh, yeah. How could he get more authority in 1914? Yeah. yeah Very so, well said. So, again, these people, are, I guess it'd be, it'd be Taze, Russell, and then I guess the people that you're saying that came before him, they're having to make Jesus alive from the get-go to then borrow Jesus and then basically bring a new Jesus to the fore that is anti-biblical. Right. 
Yeah. That so, second that yeah. second point, David. Yeah. Uh, yeah second. Yeah. It it will prove that he whose right it is thus to take dominion will then be present as Earth's new ruler. Right. And, they believe they believe that in 1874 uh, he had you know came invisibly. Okay. Gotcha. So 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 now then by 1914 he visible. He'll be in full control and, and everybody will know it. Third. It will prove that at some time before the end of A.D. 1914, the last member of the divinely recognized Church of Christ, the royal priesthood, the body of Christ will be glorified with the head because every member is to reign with Christ, being a joint heir with him of the kingdom, and it cannot be fully set up without every member. In other words, the last person that will ever be a Jehovah Witness actually will be on earth ruling with Christ in 1914. Am I right about that? Is that how you read that? Well, uh, it says here they will, uh, the last member of the divinely recognized church, royal priest, will be glorified. That's yeah. talking about basically the rapture. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. They'll all, gotcha. they'll all be raptured up with Jesus, and they'll be ruling with, with, with Jesus. Yeah. So, but, I mean, uh, so basically— now, yeah, according to this, the Jehovah's Witness Church is a false church by their by Taze's own admission. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but like even by his own admission, like, yeah, we're we can prove it by other means by all the Bible, but here's where he he would say that the church after 1914 is not a real church because right. the ones that were here in 1914, that's the last member that was born in 1940. So here's where Charles Taze Russell, the founder, had already declared that if you're Jehovah's Witness now, you are a part of a false church. I guess you could put it like that, yeah. Yeah, because the, the last member would, would be glorified, again, before the end of. Yeah. Before the end of, they would be yeah. raptured up with or, Christ. Right, well said. right. Because they're going to be up there ruling, you know, but that didn't happen, so it's, it's false prophecy. Yeah. Fourth, it will prove that from that time forward, Jerusalem shall no longer be trodden down of the Gentiles, but yeah. shall arise from the dust of the divine disfavor to honor, because the times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled and completed. In other words, Jerusalem will not be in any more turmoil. Hmm. By the end of 1914, peace right. in Jerusalem. Right. And I'll read five, six, and seven, then give you the next. Yeah. It will no longer be trodden on by the Gentiles. In other words, uh, it'll be um, ruled by uh, Christ, the Judean, the Judean king, the the uh, the last of the line of the Judean kings. Christ will be ruling. Uh, the Jews will be ruling, not uh, not the Gentiles. Of course, they've got a misconception of what being trampled on by the Gentiles has to do with. Uh, it's not two thousand year old trampling. The trampling of the Gentiles, if you read the context of the 24th chapter, you read the context of what, uh, um, Luke 21, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's when the Romans came in and trampled the snot out of them there in uh, in, in 70 AD. That's the trampling. They yeah. came in and trampled. They came in, they had their three and a half years of trampling. That's what that was. It has nothing to do with 2,000 years. So they got that way out of whack, way out oh, of yeah. whack. Oh, yeah. Fifth, it will, oh, yes. Fifth, it will prove by that date, or sooner 
Israel's blindness will begin to be turned away because their blindness in part was to continue only until the fullness of the Gentiles comes to an end, or in other words, until the full number from among the Gentiles who are to be members of the body or bride of Christ would be fully selected. Yeah, in other words, Revelate, or rather uh, Romans 11 will be fulfilled. Hmm. where all Israel will be saved. That's what he's talking about here. He's, yeah. he's saying that that will be fulfilled by or before 1914. Of course, that didn't work okay. out either. <laughs> so basically now, if again, with the last point that I talked about, from here on out, you must be a preterist to 1914. Instead of a preterist of the actual this generation, when it comes to Jesus speaking to them, now the preterist is now, but then the, again, as we go on in our talk, we're going to find out that Jehovah's Witnesses are not preterist to 1914. These things are still like, and you're they're fading away, trying to not talk about it. But now 1914 is the end because the body of Christ has been glorified well, and should have been out of here by 1914. This, and then here, this, obvi this the, obviously the, everybody's he, saved. That needs he to be obviously saved. was futurist. Yeah. He was futurist here. Then, but yeah, but now. To us, this would be to us past 1914. The way he's talking here is he's talking as like we would have to be talking about the stuff as preterists in this sense. Like yeah. this is already yeah. passed. I think. Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, I'm just trying to join the absurdity. This is <laughs> this is what I do is going. Wait a second. So if this is what he said, and if this stuff is true, then again that by admission, false church already. And we've got even yep. the fullness of the Gentiles and the Jews now are, are all saved and God's done what he's done. So now you've got a full on, not a partial preterism, no. but a full on preterism going on. If what is said here actually was true and we're, but we're here today. <laughs> yeah. Sixthly, so, yeah. <laughs> it will prove that the great times of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation will reach its culmination in a worldwide reign of anarchy. And then men will learn to be still and know that Jehovah is God, and he will be exalted in the earth. In other words, the Great Tribulation will be over. Yeah. yeah. That, that, I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. There will be, again, an apocalypse by 1914. So you got all these good things going on, at least in this mindset. But then also, by 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 that, there will be this terrible position that as the world never was. Mm. You can definitely see the dispensational influence oh, in you. this like crazy. And then seventhly, it will prove that before that date, God's kingdom, organized in power, will be in the earth and then smite and cross the Gentile image and fully consume these kings. Man, you know what? I wish that were true. <laughs> yeah. what, are, what are we having to do with the abortion issue? We are having to go to our, our leadership kings, be it presidents, be it judiciary, be it legislators. We are still trying to proclaim the gospel and call them to do the work that they are called as ministers of the sword to do. So I'm not thinking that all the Kings have been consumed. No. I don't see all the Kings bowed, bowing down to Christ. So this is just the beginning. What year did the Jehovah witness 
the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. I know it wasn't first called the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. When did it begin? Well, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society began um, probably in the 1870s with the printing of the Watchtower magazine. Gotcha. Uh, with the with the printing of the Watchtower magazine, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses didn't come. The name Jehovah's Witnesses wasn't applied to them until I think the uh, the 1930s. And that but was with uh, Rutherford, right? Yeah, Rutherford. Yeah, yeah but yeah. prior to that, they were basically known as International Bible Students, and okay. they still they still have groups today that are called the International Bible Students, uh, mm-hmm. and they are basically Russellites. But you know, the point I made in my booklet about uh, on all these seven things that were supposed to happen. If I claim to be a prophet and I came into your town and I said that in July fourth, uh, two thousand twenty-four, that your entire community would be devastated by tornadoes, all the inhabitants would be killed. Uh, not a building would be left, be left remaining. The mayor and the town council would all turn into balls of fire and only dogs and cats would be left uh, on the face of the earth. And that year, that date, you know, July 4th, 2024 came and there was a snowstorm or maybe there was a, there was a cloud that appeared in the sky and it rained. Would I be a false prophet or would I be a true prophet? I mean, you just made made a mistake because uh, metaphorically cats and dogs um, that could be raining cats and dogs and, you know, rain on the ground. I mean, you could figure out some sort of uh, way to make a mistake. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, very good. I I like the way you think. Um, But the the point is, I'm a false prophet. I've told you all these things are going to happen and none of them happened. The only thing that happened was there was a a thunderstorm or a rain cloud. Okay. Now, the normative, and, and, yeah. and they're tr- and they're trying to say that because World War One broke out, that this that he was a true prophet, that mm-hmm. this this was somehow true prophecy. It's not true prophecy because only nothing he said those, yeah, yeah. only those who are ignorant with these seven of these seven things would say such a thing, because yeah. the normative meaning that is implied by the words that are used is right. quite clear. Yeah. Um. If you hand these as a sentence to someone, hand it to them in 1899, they're going to see with clarity what's being stated, right? Yeah. And right. so there was really specific meaning here in this. That's but why this, I, I made photocopies of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, see, these are, you know, I think anybody that's trying to, to prove a point about an organization, uh, what they said or, or, or what they believe, they ought to have photocopies. Yeah, and especially because, with because, the fact that you because, know, because because I have I've had well they could you could change the words here, uh, you know no no the words aren't changed here are the words right here they're right in front of this is copied yeah. from the time is at hand I have the book at home you want to see it I'll go get it yeah but, but that's uh, a hard copy book right but like yes, the awakes yes the watchtower yes. things that you get they're just like right. chintzy paper that you know they go away real quick they get I mean they get trashed by a lot of people. But then the people who keep them, I mean, that they're, they're made out of just not paper that's going to last a long time. Oh, yeah. So you, whenever we get these things, if you see something, you better copy that sucker because you're not going to be able to find them in circulation like going to the bookstore. And so we're thankful that you kept all these things to where you could photocopy them and, and keep them in circulation. In well, and here's the interesting thing. So 1914 rolls around. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Russell is still alive. Mm-hmm. He lives to what? 1916. 19, 19, 19, yeah. 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 Uh, the he, baton, died on a, he died on a train uh, coming back from, from California. 
the baton is passed to Judge Rutherford mm -hmm. from Missouri, uh, by the way. And the Watchtower, though, is not done with these prophecies. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. And so <laughs> we can see that there's a track record um, for them. In yeah. fact, in 1917, Rutherford, I'm assuming this is a Rutherford document, and it might be in the other booklet there. Well, not the, the, uh, the Finnish mystery, he came out with that in 1916, uh, 1917. And that's where he said that all the churches would uh, would disappear uh, from the face yeah, of the earth. And yeah. So what I'd like to do is kind of look at that and uh, just begin to kind of unpack what's going on here. And so, yeah. Uh, so how do they? Uh, yeah, how do they? So 1915 comes around, or at least October second, right? 1914 comes around. What do they do? And how do they? How do they start covering their tracks, or what are they? What are they saying? Well, eventually they're going to say that 1914 was the beginning of the end. It wasn't mm. the end. That that the generation that saw the events of 1914, the world wars, the pestilence, the Spanish influenza, uh, all the different things, this generation would be on hand to see the very end. So they're yeah. starting the this generation starts ticking in in 1914. So they're backpedaling to where it's not the end, but the the beginning of yeah, the end. Beginning okay. of the end. And that moves us into this document here, um, the finished mystery. Right. And and now is this Rutherford or is this still Russell while well, he's alive? It's it, it's supposed to be the posthumous work of Charles Taze Russell, is what it's supposed to be. Uh, there's some question about that. They think that there were other writers that uh, had to do with this that that uh, that brought this uh, out. So. Anyway. Again, in this book, in The Finished Mystery, uh, Russell or those ghostwriters were yeah. still putting forward prophecy, right? Oh, yeah. right? And it was exceptionally clear. And you've done such a great job of noting this. Uh, page 258 of It Is Finished has two really clear um, statements here. So it says yeah, even the, the republics the, Repub will, the, the, yeah. the republics would disappear in the fall of oh, what 1920? 1920. Yes, sir. Yeah, remember this was this was printed during the time and was as being uh, you know put out in the public during the time of the uh, First World War. And yeah, so who we're the, who 1917 who, is who, whenever who, who, this book was published, who, right? Who were the republics that were fighting? The republics were Great Britain. The republics were the United States of America. The republics were France. And they were fighting the Axis powers. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying here basically is that the uh, republics are going to disappear. The republics are going to be defeated. Well, they didn't like that over here. This, this was this was. Oh this man! Was, now, this here's was, the deal. It's, yeah, this, this, this says was even this was, the republics will disappear in the fall of 1920, and the mountains was, were not found, and every kingdom of Earth will pass away, being swallowed up in anarchy. So right. it's even worse. It's not just. Oh, the public republics will go away. It's talking about like every kingdom of earth will pass away. My my point, point. is, my yeah. point is that the republics were fighting the Axis powers. So yeah. Rutherford and the boys at Brooklyn got in a big bunch of trouble because they were predicting the defeat of the republics. Okay, mm. so they got thrown in jail. Yeah, for for publishing uh, uh, anti. Uh, American literature basically is what it was. And they were put in Atlanta prison. Uh, they were let out after the war was over, but uh, uh, people didn't take kindly to that kind of thing back there. 
You can say mm. just about anything you want to today, but back there when you were involved in a war, you didn't say that our guys are going to lose. You didn't so prophesy he, like that. So he got. So, he, so they got thrown into can. So he covers his tracks in 1914 by saying, "See, World War One kicked off. Mm -hmm. I was just saying it was the start of it." But he's well, more specific in 1920. Well, it's the implication. Yeah, uh, they're always so, shifting the like shifting sand. You know, they're always shifting around whatever whatever sounds good at the time. But uh, they were trying. If it wasn't to get for him, America. Were, he wouldn't been able to do what he did. <laughs> right. So yeah. Well, he didn't do it too quick, too good in America yeah. because back yeah. then they put him in jail. Now, well, they the put him in jail, world, but according yeah. to the Bible, if it wasn't for America, this guy would have been put to death. Well, probably. Yeah. You know. yeah. If, if he'd have said something like that in in uh, in Axis Germany, I don't know if he'd have ever gotten out of jail. You know. Yeah. So. The book Christendom will not endure. Is this a Rutherford or is this a Russell document? Well, in it, Christen, he, Christen, go for it. Yeah, Christendom shall not endure. Our Christians will go down in destruction. That was one of the prophecies in the Finnish mystery. They were prophesying that by 1918, that um, uh, all of the uh, churches would be destroyed. Yeah, that was just one of the things they were saying. Then we move into, and I can't remember if this is from the same one, as the fleshly minded apostates from Christianity, siding with the radicals and revolutionaries, will rejoice at the inheritance of desolation that will be Christendom's after 1918. So will God do to the successful revolutionary more? Or movement. Yeah, movement, sorry. It shall be utterly desolate, even all of it, not one, one sorry, vestige of it shall survive the ravages of the worldwide all-embracing anarchy in the fall of 1920. So again, yeah. where's the anarchy? Yeah. Like, yeah, there. I mean, we had wars and stuff like that, but where's the anarchy? Where's the universal anarchy that takes over? Universal anarchy is not there. Um, yeah. Of course, they could point to Russia and and the anarchists and and the revolutionaries there in Russia, but that wasn't the whole world. Um, yeah. Well, it, it uh, it's just it's just not what they say is just not true. Yeah, it just, just didn't happen. It, it seems just from my reading that they're saying Christianity will be wiped out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. That, that was yeah. They they'll they'll be destroyed. Um, Babylon the Great, which they associate with Christianity, that was going to be destroyed in 1918. That's what the the program stated. So false prophecy. You know, mm. baloney. Yeah. Yep. But they're not done. Oh, no, no. they're not. There's my a track dad, record. My dad, went after after uh, 1966 and in, in this book, uh, Life Everlasting, The Freedom of the Sons came out. Uh, it was uh, the book that pr promoted the scenario that 6,000 years would be up in 1975 and that the millennial reign would begin. He came home and uh, with this book and he says, well, if this doesn't pan out, they'll call us false prophets again. And I, mm. I thought to myself, false prophets again? Well, what's he talking about again? Well, I found out later on what he was talking about. Over yeah. and over again, they prophesied falsely. Yeah. So, I mean, so we're, we're coming from 1920. Mm -hmm. And it looks like there's something that's happened in 1925 now. 
So oh, whatever yeah. happened yeah. In, happened in 1920, like we don't have worldwide anarchy. And so is there something that we have to do to keep the morale up? Do we have to announce anything? And then we get into uh, millions now living will never die. What is that from here? Is, is this from the finished mystery or? No, this is its own book. Okay. Okay. So millions now living will never die. Page 89, it says, as we have heretofore said, the great Jubilee cycle was due to begin in 1925. And at that time, right. the early phase of the kingdom phase, shall be, phase. yeah, the, the earthly earth. phase. Okay, so, but this is, again, this is something that is going to contradict the prior apparent revelation that was given this guy. Oh, we don't worry about right. the prior stuff. We, we're, uh, that's all That's all in the past. We we want future revelation. We, yeah. we got new light here. We got, we, we don't forget about that old stuff. Yeah. We got new stuff to And so to now I see it. And so yeah. it, the old, before, and even to 1920, it was death, destruction, anarchy, blah. But now we have this word jubilee. So is there like a shift? Yeah, in like, they're, they're, they're going, he's trying to put together the jubilee cycles and come up with a yeah. date. Um, and uh, he came up with the date of 1925, and he claimed that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the faithful prophets of old, would be returned to a a condition of human perfection, hmm. and uh, that the uh, 1925 would begin the earthly phase. We've already got the heavenly phase in 1914. Jesus received authority in heaven in 1914. Now the earthly phase is going to start in 1925. And I love this this uh, quote from the Golden Age. Um, January 19th, 1921, uh, where Rutherford says, no more bald heads, glass eyes, false teeth, or wooden legs. You know, it's like, mm. he's like a, a carnival pitcher, you know, that, that there won't be any kind of problems, no bald heads, man. I could, I could stand that. No <laughs> glass eyes. No, you know, he sounds like, um, WC Fields. Um, and then barbers get to make more money that way. If there's no bald yeah. heads. That's awesome. That's so great. tell me a little bit about this. Again, it says the message of the hour, millions now living will never die. You may be one of them. Hmm. And that's where you have it underlined again. No hmm. more blindness, lameness, <laughs> deafness, dumbness, no more bald heads, glass yeah. eyes, glass eyes or, wooden legs. or wooden legs. Hmm. No yeah. more sickness. To, and this is supposed to happen in 1925 as well yep it's supposed to it's supposed to yeah it didn't rutherford rutherford to his credit he got up and uh before the bethel family after 1925 and said he'd made an ass of himself uh well he did uh, he certainly did do that and uh he admitted it but uh he just kept on with more false prophecy but uh they never learn you know they always they always come along well we've learned our lesson we no they never learned their lesson it's always something else. It's always another lie to cover up for the other lie. Just like 1914, well, the Lord didn't return. Well, he didn't return here to the earth, but he returned invisibly in heaven, and he's ruling from heaven now. And we just got one generation left. And so then the generation runs out, and uh, then they have to make up another lie. They have to say, well, generations overlap. It's one lie after another after another. They can't just mm -hmm. say, hey, we screwed up here. We messed up. We're going to stop. They can't stop. They can't stop. They're in the cycle, and it's a never-ending cycle. Recently, one of the governing body members got on YouTube and went on and on about that we are in the very last of the last of the very last of the last of the last of the last of the very last day, you know? And, and it's, it's, it's crazy. And he gets on, on, on YouTube 
for everybody in the world to hear him say this, the very yeah. last of the last of the last. last and I mean, this is, and I mean, this is not, and I just want to stress, this is not just Jehovah's Witnesses, okay? This is, this is what American eschatology has come to. And, you know, and I'll put the name out there because like we're friends on Facebook, he puts it on, on his timeline and I see it every once in a while. But uh, just the, the man that uh, Dave debated on, um, Ken, King James only, King James Stephen. Only, yeah. You know, I keep on posting and like he admitted, like, I just do this every seven years. So if it doesn't happen, well, great. You know, it's like, well, I, I'm not going to put him up as a prophet. He's not, he's saying like, here's a scenario, at least like he's playing around with it. I get it, but this is just what has happened. So this isn't just, this isn't just a Jehovah's witness thing. This is a dispensational issue. Whenever I became... You're, they're looking heard, for the future and here's like what you're trying to warn people i get you that you feel like you have to warn people but it's like jesus said what about this and so are we following jesus or are we following our feelings and that's the whole problem with where we are at many multifaceted issue is following our feelings first and not following the commands of christ you know, so, if, you're, you know if you read the, the 18th chapter of deuteronomy carefully it talks about um false prophets from without of the congregation of Israel and false mm-hmm. prophets from within the congregation mm-hmm. of Israel. Um, I think that we have to uh, certainly worry about false prophets within the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I first became a Christian back in the early uh, 1980s, uh, we had a book called 88 Reasons Why the Lord Was Going to Return in 1988 by Charles Wesnott. Yeah. And this guy was within the church. And I immediately recognized him for what he was. And whenever I said it, I got some harsh looks at the church that I was attending. Uh, you know, how can you criticize this man? Well, of course, nothing that he said came true. And then whenever it didn't come true, he said the same thing that Russell said. He said, well, this, uh, even this, this scenario has, has um, uh, made it possible for people to sanctify themselves. It's had a sanctifying effect on the church, you know, getting ready for the Lord. In other words, a lie has a sanctifying effect on the church. I think Paul said something about that, about lying. Wes not not said it. Charles Taze Russell said almost the very same thing. Mm -hmm. I think that we should really beware when it comes to eschatology. Uh, I've gotten in trouble by saying this, but, uh, you know, we had one of the prophecy teachers of our time is is, uh, um, Late Great Planet Earth. Was it Hal Lindsey? Hal Lindsey Lindsey prophesied 1980. Uh, I think it was 1984, 88, 1988 would also be uh, the time when the rapture would come because 40 years from the time that Israel was uh, established. Yeah, 1968 to 88. Well, from 48 to 88. Yeah, 48, that's right. That's That's a generation. Okay, same thing. Uh, Hey, the guy's a false prophecy, a false prophet. I'm sorry. I don't buy buy his books and I I don't buy anything else he does. You know, if, if he's a false prophet, the Lord says not to fear them. Yeah. So I'm, you got to obey the Lord. Yeah. And it's wonderful that we don't have to sit here and talk about this kind of thing in fear. But the thing is, there is there are people out there. And whenever we come to, again, the, why is it important? Well, you had Morg that we talked about already um, said that he was rushing to his TV screen when his mom would leave the house waiting, thinking maybe the, they're not back yet because the rapture happened and stuff like that. And so we have rapture fever, you know, and a yeah. story for me too. I grew up, you know, kind of like, I remember like one time I woke up and I thought I heard like a really loud trumpet sound and I woke up with, you know, my heart racing, you know, it's, it's something that was constantly, I get it, I get it, but 
instead of just jumping ship like Mord did, um, or like even jumping ship, even if you're in a cult like Jehovah's Witnesses, you don't necessarily jump ship if you have a Bible. You go to who? You go to where where you went, Charles. You just go to what did Christ say? That's right. You know. Well, so. and here's one of the things that I think is very interesting. Um, just a little piece off of that uh, Mort Morg, right? Morg, Morg, Morg yeah. show. Yeah. Um, well, we just dealt with him from the position of post mill. Yeah. We could have opened up multiple commentaries where actual dispensational folks would have refuted what he was saying as a lie. Yeah. Right. And so the reality is there is a trust in man and a trust in what people are saying that's leading so many of these people astray. So uh, here's kind of a gray area for me. Uh, it seems like after 1925 rolls along, they decide that they're going to jump farther out with their next grab. Is, is that correct? Was there less prophecies between 25 and 75? Give me, uh, it seems like there's this large gap. Did they say, oh, we'll reach farther out so we can uh, live off of the the, the crops uh, that we'll, we'll plant between now and then? And those folks in 75 will have to figure it out. I mean. Well, it's like, uh, it's like, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses were sort of like some politicians. They never waste a good crisis. So when mm -hmm. a good crisis comes along, then they can prevent, present another scenario. Uh, the next big crisis was um, uh, in the world was World War II. Total, the totalitarian regimes that were coming to power and that were overthrowing uh, other uh, you know, nations like Hitler. And, uh, and in this booklet, Face the Facts, Judge Rutherford uh, has some facts for us to face. And one of the facts that we're supposed to face is on page 16 of Face the Facts, the United States of America, once the bulwark of democracy is all set to become part of the totalitarian rule. Most of the American people are totally ignorant of the fact that Congress has recently enacted the law by which blah, 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 blah. In other words, the United States was gonna become part of the totalitarian rule. And over here on the 37th, uh, 27th page, it says the totalitarian combine, that is the great monstrosity, the combination of the, the uh, powers of Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, and, and, the, and the Roman Catholic Church, the evil Roman Catholic Church, are going to combine themselves. And it says the totalitarian combine is going to get control of England and America. You cannot prevent it. Do not try. And this was written in the 1930s. And they're, and they're telling young men, don't even try to stop it. There's no there's no and even attempting to stop it. If we had followed that advice, if our young men in England and America had followed that advice uh, back then in the 30s and 40s, I think we would be a, a totally different world today. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But he was actually predicting that Hitler and Mussolini and the com combination with them and the, uh, the uh, Catholic Church would get control of the world. That well, that's why he had to persuade everyone not to do anything about it because he yeah. wanted to make sure his, he wanted to have a little uh, a little yeah. uh, insurance policy yeah. going yeah. in. And so, 19, so the World War came along, you know, and uh, it was a horrible thing. And uh, they were teaching that basically the World War II was just going to morph into Armageddon, and uh, uh, that it would all be over. And in the, an assembly in 1942 in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, they came out with a. Uh, they came out with a statement in the Watchtower magazine 
that there, it's just a few remaining months before Armageddon. That was in the 1940s, mm. just a few remaining months before Armageddon. So those are kind of the 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 prophecies that were being floated around between World War One and uh, the end of the Second World War. Then you get to the 70s, yeah. and yeah. you've got this life everlasting in freedom of the sons of God, 1966. And that's where this statement comes in. So this is really interesting. So it's back now we're, we're back to destruction, not like Jubilee happiness, right? We're back to where we started with 1914, where it says this, according to uh, this trustworthy Bible chronology, remember you've already heard that about 1914, but lo and behold, right? Still trustworthy. This trustworthy Bible chronology, 6,000 years from man's creation will end in 1975, and the seventh period of a thousand years of human history will begin in the fall of 1975 CE. Right. So what they're saying is, that. yeah, there's 6,000, every every day a day with the Lord is a thousand years. So mm-hmm. you got one, two, three, four, five, 6,000 years, six, one, six, 1,000 year days will be up in 1975. Well, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, right? So the last 1,000 years will be the millennial reign. He'll be the Lord of the Sabbath. So that'll be ushered in in 1975. You can see the chronology right here. According to their estimates, the world began 4,026 BCE. They're stating here in 1968 that basically... Seven more years, and it is it, baby. 1968. Yeah, you know, we are saying 75 done for this. This 6,000 year, the last 1,000 years uh, scenario. This whole scenario is not new to Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. I've seen this. I've seen this uh, propagated even among some of the early church writers, uh, second, mm-hmm. third century, fourth century. The 6,000 year thing. I've seen that batted around even way back then, and. And Jack Van Impey was mm. preaching the same thing here, and and others have preached the same thing. But here's here's what I here's something that I thought about even back then. All right, Jesus said that the angels nor him as a man they didn't know when the Lord was going to do what he was going to do. Now the angels weren't they around whenever Adam was created? Didn't they know exactly the date that Adam was created? So if it was chronologically possible to fast forward 6,000 years to find out when the thousand year millennial reign was going to be in, wouldn't the angels who, I think that the dumbest angel is smarter than the smartest man. Okay. So that (laughs) angel couldn't, wouldn't that, he can add one, two, three, four, five, six, right? So he can add from the time Adam was created to the 6,000. He could come up with uh, 1975. The angels could, but if the angels don't even know, then obviously you cannot arrive at these things chronologically to me to me adam david this is divination oh yeah this is Mm -hmm. a form of divination this is using the bible and misusing the bible as some kind of a crystal ball or something but charles tell me here you are a young man in the church in 1968 you're a teenager yeah you're hearing these 20. things you're 20 right yeah, 68 right so you're hearing these things you're growing up what is the mood uh, of people your age in 
the Watchtower. Uh, what, uh, what was it like to be in the Kingdom Hall when this stuff is going on? I mean, is this like being hammered all the time? Like, guys, you have to, we've got seven more years to get out there as pu- publishers, right? You're a publisher if you're knocking on right. doors. Right. Now, we, uh, you have to be a publisher. You've got to give it all. And so you're 20 years old, right? You're just right. beginning adulthood, um, making decisions that are going to impact the rest of your life. Like, where are you in this? Like, give me a little bit of some bio and tell me a little bit about how you're dealing with this from your position well, at that time. Well, I, um, I, I became a, a full-time pioneer. I went out knocking on people's doors and, and uh, I was studying with them in this book, the truth, ever, the truth that leads to eternal life, which also put forth the same scenario of uh, the world coming to an end uh, very soon. And uh, we were all working real hard. We were working real hard. In fact, in Farmington, Missouri, we had one kingdom hall, okay, in 1966. One kingdom hall in Farmington, Missouri. By 1975, we had a kingdom hall in Flat River, Deloge. We had a kingdom hall in Ironton. We had a kingdom hall in Potosi. We had a kingdom hall in Perryville. We had a kingdom hall in um, uh, Piedmont. And we had a kingdom hall down in um, Cherokee Pass. Hmm. From one congregation... To that many. Wow. Now, so, then, today, today we, we've lost a bunch of them, but uh, but it, 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 that's a tribute to the power of false prophecy. Right? Yeah. Mm. So then here it is, because this rings so true to you. In 1969, the Watchtower, in March of 1969, they state this. Many schools now have students, yeah. counselors, who encourage yeah. one to pursue higher education after high school, to pursue yeah. a career with a future in the system of things. Do not be influenced by them. Do not let them brainwash you with the devil's propaganda to get ahead and to make something of yourself in this world. This world has very little time left. Any future this world offers is no future. Wisely then, let God's word influence you. Yeah. Don't go to college. Don't get an education. Don't make anything out of yourself because you don't have enough time left. You don't have enough time left. So all these Make, kids like my age that most of them did not go to college and, uh, and, but they were, they were influenced. They were brainwashed by something, but it wasn't the world's propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Make hmm. pioneer service That's what the I was, full-time I, ministry yep. with the possibility of Bethel or missionary service, your goal. Right. This is a life that offers an everlasting future. That's it. Basically, yeah. So this is the kind of stuff where, you know, I don't think Morg found it the same way as these people, but this is where it becomes child abuse. This is where false prophets are definitely up in power. Um, If you're doing that, you're getting all these people to work for you, um, propagating uh, another false message to grab in more people. And so this is where, this is why, Back in Deuteronomy, it says these people must die. All right, because well, we all these countless lives. Yeah, well, we can't I mean, stone them to death. But we, but, I tell you what, we 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 can obey the second part of the command: yeah. Thou shalt not fear them. Yeah. If, so yeah, we don't have to fear them. Yeah. Don't yeah, respect one. them. Yeah. Uh, I, there was a lady on uh, John Inkerberg's show, um, Joan Setner, and she said uh, she read uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, 
18 or 19 through 21. And she said, and she said, you don't have to fear these people. They're not going to mm -hmm. destroy you at Armageddon. Yeah. They're not going to destroy you at Armageddon. You don't have to fear these people. You're told not to fear them. So who do you fear? Who do you go yeah. to for the truth? You go to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. So 75 comes and goes. Where are you by the time May 15th, 1984 rolls along? And this well, generation out. will not pass away. I'm out. Of, I'm out by 1984. Wow. In 75, I was I stayed in it. You see, when you're in something like that, it's it's hard to it's sort of like an alcoholic, you know, well, I'm not really an alcoholic. I don't, I don't really have a problem here. It's, it's everybody else that has the problem. Uh, you know, I'm not, uh, uh, you've always got an excuse. Well, mm. they may have made the mistake. See, they made a mistake. Yeah. But, but we're still God's people. We still have love for one another. I mean, we're not celebrating Christmas and we're not doing Halloween. And there's all these things that we're, we're so good. And so we're, we're so right at. So, yeah. so you kind of, you kind of, you kind of let that stuff fade, but, it never faded with me. I always was really concerned about it, you know, uh, because false, false prophet. Oh my goodness. To be a false prophet, you know, and then Jesus warns us in the, in his sermon on the, uh, his Olivet discourse, three times he warns us about false prophet. So it kind of, kind of stuck with me. And then in about 1980, there was a book that came out called, called the crisis of conscience by Ray Franz. And in this book, he outlined all the past false prophecies. Mm. And so I'm looking at this stuff and I'm knowing what dad meant by they'll call us false prophets again. I'm looking yeah. at all this stuff and I'm praying to Jehovah. I am praying to Jehovah. If this organization is true, I want you to show me that it's true. I want, I'm going to read your Bible. I'm going to read God's word. I want you to show me if it's true. If it's not, I want to know what the truth is. And so I started reading my Bible mm. and, uh, um, I started reading my Bible and I discovered a lot of things that they had told me were, were not true. The least of which, not the least of which was that Jesus received all authority 2000 years ago, Amen. not in 1914. Yeah. And so then it's just really, and I mean, this is what really gets me. It's because it's called the international society of Bi or international Bible study or what is it? International Bible society. The international um, Bible students. So, yeah, yeah. Bible students. Yeah. And so it's calling it. So you're Bible students, but you're telling me like you actually had to go study the Bible. And so that's the sad thing is, is they bring people under this guise of we're going to study the Bible. We're going to study the Bible. The next thing you know, what are you reading? You're reading just the material scriptures to then. Yeah. It's like Russell, it's like Russell said back there. Uh, you know, you got to read my books. They're, they're, yeah. That's the Bible topically arranged, but you get out of my books and you just read the Bible. Well, you're going to go back to the way uh, a Christendom yeah, you're going, you're going so, to start believing that Jesus was physically raised from the dead. You're going to start yeah. believing that you actually do have a soul that lives on after death. You're you're going to start believing that Jesus is deity, that He was God. I mean, you're going to start believing the stuff that Christendom teaches if you just start reading the Bible. So you got to read our stuff. They don't have Bible studies; they have book studies. Yeah, book studies. and that's why you know, like I, I didn't get it myself, but you know, and I think we talked. I talked to one point and I know you like the name of it, but just to put out the watchtowers, the paper Pope. So they don't have mm. a person, but they have what is called the paper Pope. If you disagree with that society and what they produce on their pieces of paper, their printed pieces of paper, that's you're going against the Pope. And yeah. if you go against the Pope, what happens? 
you're excommunicated. Yeah. There's a, I just wanted to share this because this is one of the things from your book, uh, from your book uh, from 1910, where Russell is saying exactly what you said. And the, the key pay, the key piece is there in there is that uh, even if you studied the uh, studies and scriptures for 10 years and you laid it aside and you ignored it and just go to the Bible alone for 10 years, our experience shows that within two years, you'll go into darkness. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 no, I actually, like, actually he'll be delivered from the darkness into the amen, light. Whenever amen. <laughs> well, oh. here we are in 1984 now uh-huh. and things are, obviously um changing right um things are they're having to nuance things in a different way oh yeah um one of the things that i think is is very interesting real quick i wanted to jump back to one other piece before i go in there this was in 1894 and this is zion's watchtower so zion's watchtower is now just called the watchtower right i mean that's Right. right yeah and you pointed out this statement here. They say this because this goes back to that 1914 date. This is prior. This was written prior to 1914, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's. This is where the revisionist comes in. We see no reason for changing the figures, nor could we change them if we would. They are, we believe, God's dates, not ours. Right. But bear in mind that the end of 1914 as not the date for the beginning, but for the end of the time time of trouble. Right. That's what they were saying back then. So now you have a problem. Most Jehovah's Witnesses have no idea that 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 was ever written. And and they say, we see no reason for changing from our opinion expressed in the view presented in the Watchtower January 15th. 92 so this would be 1892 um i'm guessing yeah 1892 and so we advise that it should be read again well they did find a reason <laughs> apparently to change the review <laughs> but that's what they again like who are you going to believe what are you reading and like you said they don't even know this stuff exists do they like no. if you if you the person that's going to come knock on your door tomorrow if they do you know, they don't know that this even has yeah. ever been said or even exists. Ever been out there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and they also lie about what they 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 were teaching back then. I think there's another publication that says that um, uh, that the watchtower was always pointing uh, forward to the that this would be the beginning of the end. And uh, and that's not what uh, not the, not what they were. teaching. Well, you can see they were still sticking to that revisionist date of it being the beginning of the end because of the words generation. And they explain it to us in Awake in 1962. So they didn't leave 1914. They continued it as it's the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. And so they say a few other little things here. Jesus, or was Jesus using the word generation? This is funny because we just talked about this last week. Was Jesus using the word generation in a symbolic way? No, we should not say that the word generation here has a symbolic meaning and that it refers, for example, to persons 
of spiritual body of Christ exclusively or only the true Christian organization itself. The word generation in Matthew 24, 34 is to be viewed in an ordinary sense as in Acts 13, 36, Mark 8, 12. And they're they're saying, what they're saying here is the 1914 generation is going to see the end. And that generation is a lifetime of one group of people. And they can start with, I remember myself, back whenever I was a kid, uh, we thought that uh, the generation they were talking about were people that would be alive when they were like 20 years old uh, mm-hmm. in 1914. Then mm-hmm. then we, we, we narrowed it down. Well, they could be 12 years old or eight years old. Just they could, they could have an, you know, understand what was going on in the world. And then as time ticked on, it was, well, if you were born in 1914, you know, that, within that generation. And uh, so they kept stretching it, stretching it, stretching it, but they always recognized that the word generation meant the lifetime or lifespan of one group of people. Members of that generation will see the end of the world. Well, just like, just like what Jesus was talking to them on the Mount of Olives. Uh, he, he told them that within this generation, all these things are going to happen. He was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and all that stuff. And when did it happen? It didn't happen 120 years later or 200 years later. It happened 38 years later within a yeah. generation. Yeah. So it's not years. it's not after wow. that generation, but within. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So by 1984, they're having some problems because... Their time's, time's running out. Yes. <laughs> so you can say it's the 20 year olds. You can say it's the 15 year olds. You can say it's the 12 year olds. You can say it's the eight year olds. You can say it's the two year olds. And then you're out of people. And then you have to state it is not. Okay. Sorry. They state that it, they state directly. It is not a zone of dates. It is more like a magnetic field at the center of which lies an experience or series of experiences. Is that not is that not the most ridiculous thing that you could? Well, say? that's just called postmodernism. A, 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 gener, a generation uh, yeah. doesn't mean a generation; it means a magnetic field. I mean, give yeah. me a break here. You know, uh, that's pretty yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, what is, what is essential to the formation of a generational consciousness? is some common frame of reference that provides a sense of rapture or rupture with the past. And so again, this is, this is Jehovah's witnesses gone postmodern because you can't have an objective thing anymore. Yeah. And that wasn't the only place again, but how do we know that we live in the generation of which Jesus spoke? Because people now living have seen the foretold events take place, all of them, I'm curious what those were, but they obviously weren't the seven things that uh, Russell laid out in uh, yeah. 1884 or whatever. And on the global scale, furthermore, Bible prophecy pinpoints the year 1914 as the one of one of great significance. That is why over 30 years before that day, Jehovah's Witnesses, careful students, excuse me, Jehovah's Witness careful students of the Bible widely announced this. They announced it the end of 14, but then now you get down to these people and they forgot what happened prior to 1914 and what they were talking about. 
they get, you know, you can't really find the materials. It's, it's on bad paper. That's not going to last a long time. You don't read the hardback books anymore. You kind of shield those. Cause I mean, those can go out of print. Those are hard to get a hold of, even if they're still, you can get there. some of those. I don't know. I don't know that uh, the watchtower keeps them as PDFs. I know a few years ago, I read a whole uh, book, let God be true by Rutherford on a, mm. a PDF. Um, this is like five years ago. And I don't know. I can't remember if it was. Let, let God be true. Let God be true. Wouldn't be Rutherford. That would be in the, uh, in the um, nor nor president. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, on on this this subject about uh, what a generation is and how they keep you know they're wishy washy about it now, it's interesting here the comment they make in the Watchtower, uh, the December first uh, ninety five on page seventeen, it says the term generation as used by Jesus refers principally to contemporary people of a certain historical period with their identifying characteristics. They also says something about um, uh, that that Jesus used this, I'm trying to find it. He used the term generation in different ways, in various ways. And they don't give any examples of that. Uh, That there's only one way that Jesus used the word generation. He was referring to that group of people that he was talking to right then. Hmm. That's the generation he was talking to. Never used the word generation in any other sense of the word. Um, I'm trying to find that. I've got page yeah. 17 that you talked about, and then page 18. And I actually high, highlighted this. These definitions embrace both those born around the time of the historic event and all those alive at the time. If Jesus used generation in the sense that we apply it to 1914, then the babies of that generation are now 70 years old or older. And others alive in 1914 are now in their 80s or 90s, a few having reached 100. There are still many millions of that generation alive. Some of them will by no means pass away until these things occur. And that's this is in 1984. Yeah, that that's that was right. yeah. Here's what I was looking for. Jesus used the word generation many times in different settings and with various meanings. They don't give any examples of the various meanings. I think that is a, that's phony. That is a phony line there. That's just something to be uh, digested by the, the faithful. Jesus yeah. never used the term generation in, with any other meaning than the immediate generation that he was talking to. This crooked generation. I mean, yeah, uh, throughout, throughout yeah. Matthew, it's not just used yeah. Yeah. in this, that one little section of Matthew. It's Jesus always says something about the perverse generation Right. That crooked generation, but it's talking about them. He's, he came like, even, exactly. it even starts out with John the Baptist saying like, who told you of the wrath to come? There was wrath coming on them that he was like, who told you? Like whenever they were coming out to him to see his baptism and see what, what, what he's all up to. So even John the Baptist um, talked to them and like, who warned them that generation of the wrath to come. Yeah. Right. So again, like they're talking, like they've got you, all worried about the end times over here. And you're forgetting, wait a second, Jesus was talking to them then. So again, it's preterist to us, or it'd be preterist to the people prior to 1914 on that. That would be back in the day, Jesus was talking to them, this generation will not pass away till all these things take place, which they actually did in the unfolding in 70 AD with the with the temple. The, the, uh, the coup de gras here, 
for the 1914 thing, I think came out back in uh, 1995. Um, in the Awake magazine, there's a, they have a masthead in the Awake magazine. Mm. It's why the, why the publication is made, why it's published. It's why Awake is published. Awake is for the enlightenment of the entire family, da, 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 da. And then in the last line, it says here, and this is, this is, this is what was published prior to October 22nd, 1995, for decades. This was in the Awake magazine. It says, most important, this magazine builds confidence in the creator's promise. The creator, not our promise, not the Watchtower's promise, not Charlie Russell's promise, not somebody else. The creator's promise of a peaceful and secure new world before the generation that saw the events of 1914 14. passes away. See that? Mm -hmm. It's the creator's promise. Now, I had one guy said, well, uh, you know, these prophecies, you know, it wasn't like, thus saith the Lord. They, the Watchtower didn't say, thus saith the Lord, you know. And then I pointed well, him to this. He, they did. Then, then I pointed him to this, that they said it was the creator's promise. And he says, oh, well, I'll have to look at that. I'll have to, I'll have to study that. Well, the next month, the very next month, that last line is altered. And notice how they alter it. Most important, this magazine builds confidence in the creator's promise of a peaceful and secure new world that is about to replace the present wicked system mm. or wicked lawless system of things. So they have quietly, you know, eliminated the 1914 lie from the masthead of Awake magazine. And today, um, the new lie is that uh, a generation can overlap. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. now you can it can be overlapping so it's just oh, yeah. one lie it's just like one lie after you have to tell well, here's yeah and, after and another so here's the deal and i'll take a shot just because i can just with the whole freemasonry issue that i had is i caught a petition that said some really horrible anti-biblical things and it was agreed to that from the freemason that did not know about that until i brought it up he said yeah that is anti-biblical and then guess what happened just not too long ago because of what I exposed, because I kept on pressing them on it, they changed the position. So they, but, but nothing was ever said what was wrong with the document. So it, it hangs back and here's the, here's what they'll get you with. Good faith. Why, why, why in a bad faith discussion with me? And it's like, well, you didn't understand. You didn't tell me why I brought it to light. Now you tell me what teaching in there is wrong. And from the objective truth about say from the, from the, from what they're teaching you in the meetings, I understand that it's secret and you can't expose that, but unfortunately we've had a something happen here that is very important to Christianity and the, and the consistency with Christianity. If we want to say that Freemasonry is consistent with Christianity, right? Then you should be able to break your, your man-made covenant to then go, here's the teaching and here's what we teach, which is antithetical to what this thing said. So we were wrong about our petition, right? So I'm only supposed to understand this and, and go, okay, it just changed, you know, good faith. I, I, I believe you, brother. No, that's not the way it is. And so the way that the, that the what they're going to try to do with this, uh, since they want to be Christian, they're following Christ, they want to be called Christian and equal with Baptist and Presbyterians and all like they're going to say like, well, no, we're brothers, like good faith, good faith, right? No, no, we cannot give them good faith. We cannot let something like this slide. We have to ask why, 
why is there a major difference in just, I understand it seems trivial, but it's actually not, they're hiding something. David. And it's still going to lead to people. But guys, in closing, if I could just yeah. say something. Yeah, I yeah. Time, yeah. I don't know how much time we got left. But I, I, I hope we haven't. I hope we haven't abused your time. I've yeah. real. No. I, I've never want, seen anyone walk through the documents like yeah. that. We thank I want to. I want to say. I want to say something. The whole point is not just to say, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The watchtower is wrong. Look. Yeah. We're, we're, I, I've got friends. I've got people. You know, you talk about whenever I grew up. I grew up with people that I loved. I still mm -hmm. love these people in my heart. And we used to have wonderful times. I grew up in a kingdom hall environment where we were all like cousins and brothers and sisters. And I love these people, the, the boys, the girls that are all part of that. And, and here's, here's my, my thought. These folks are still, so many of them, mm -hmm. putting faith in an organization that obviously is wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they can't see, these people have been in it for a long time, like myself. If they can't see how the Watchtower has falsely prophesied about 1975 has falsely prophesied about nine, the whole 1914 fiasco. It's the red light on the dash folks. Mm -hmm. It's the red, it's blinking. Your motor's going to blow up. Please stop yeah. putting mm -hmm. trust in this. Please yeah. turn your attention and your trust and your, your everything that you rely on over to Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. not, not mm -hmm. to some organization of men. It was yeah. like, that's what I did. And they want to be obedient to Jehovah. Oh, we're obedient to Jehovah. No, you're not. No. If you're a, if you were be obedient to Jehovah, you would drop that organization like a hot potato now, yeah. and you would you would direct your family to the only Savior and truth that there is out there, and that's Jesus Christ. Well, and, and Charles, Jesus, and Jesus that's, Christ, and Jesus Christ promised that if we put our faith and our trust in Him, not an organization, but in Him, that we would be we would pass from death to life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then the yeah. father himself gives a a, a a testimony in the first chapter, the first John nine, first um, John five nine through thirteen. His testimony is that if you believe my son, you have eternal life. And he mm. says, if you if you don't believe what I'm telling you, this is God, this is Jehovah speaking. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, you're calling me a liar. Is there a Jehovah's Witness out there that wants to call Jehovah a liar? Jehovah's truth to you is. Except my son, he who believes the son has eternal life and he has passed from judgment and he will not see death. He will not see condemnation. And mm -hmm. it says he who believes in the name of the son of God will have eternal life. That's the truth of the Bible. And that's that's what I want my friends who are Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses to put their trust in. Stop trusting this phony baloney organization. They're, right now their assembly is have faith, have faith, have faith in who? Have faith in us. Don't have you can't have faith in them. Put not your trust in princes nor in the Son of Man. Mm -hmm. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Believe what He says about the end times. Believe what He says about your soul. Believe what He says about His resurrection. Believe what He says about how you are to obtain eternal life. Turn yeah. to Christ yeah. and leave an organ. Leave that organization behind. Yeah. Again, we just came back full circle because from the outset, these people made Christ lie from the outset. The church did, was not existent anymore. And then they wanted to say that churches would still end up not existing. Like, again, we're in an absurdity. So are you going to believe man or Christ? When What's the initial issue with man is, did God really say, no, we want to build our own kingdom. And these guys are building their own kingdom halls with their own gospel, with their own salvation that is not 
the salvation of the true Jesus Christ presented in the scriptures that they have, they have Bibles, but apparently, again, they don't get to study them for themselves. Charles, so. I really appreciate you giving us your time. Thank I, you. I'm grateful you for your booklet. Um, real quick, if people would like to order copies of your booklet, how might they do that? Well, just uh, my address is uh, uh, Charles Smith. Uh, yeah, 310 Kinzer Street, Farmington, Missouri, uh, 63640. And uh, I just say that you want a copy and I'll send you a copy. And they can contact you by going to the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network. All you actually need to do is Google mm-hmm. Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network. You will see a picture of Charles with that same hat on. Mm-hmm. And you can get his email right there. And he would be glad to respond to I've got, you. I've got another little booklet here. This It's called Majoring in the Minors. Okay. And a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses are hung up on Christmas. They're hung up mm-hmm. on, on, on birthdays. They're, they're, you know, voting, all these minor issues that they may be a big issue with them. I had to deal with those too. I got a yeah. booklet on, I cool. got a booklet on that also. So, all right. Yeah. Whatever. So like you said, if you, if you need anything, he just provided his address and we can, <laughs> yeah, if you didn't call. get that, yeah, we, we will have it written down, get a hold of Tagurit at uh, tagurit at gmail.com um, comments on YouTube or comments on Facebook, wherever oh. you see this, um, we'll make sure that if you need this information, especially um, if this, I, I, we hope that any Jehovah's Witnesses that would would watch this would please read the material, um, especially, Jesus. yeah, yeah, and trust Jesus, but read what Charles Smith has given you so that you can go, wow, I did not know about this history. Let's actually learn more. Let's do more and let's come together um, underneath Christ. Um, but, you know, he has provided some work. He's come out of it. Um, let his testimony help you. Um, but ultimately the testimony of Jesus Christ about the one who sent him um, is, is the greater testimony. So, you know, so we, we hope uh, that this has been a benefit. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your life with us, for sharing your story with us and uh, sharing this information with us. And again, just hope that it it reaches people and that uh, God glorifies himself through this. Charles, I'm looking forward to seeing you on Friday uh afternoon uh having dinner with you man i I can't wait and uh i look forward to spending saturday with you again two years in a row um so thank you i'm looking forward to being there um gonna be great man so sunrise sunrise baptist church starts Mm -hmm. at nine o'clock ends at 3 30 and uh we're gonna have a testimony from a from an ex-jehovah's witness an ex-mormon and an ex-Muslim, and mm. how to witness to these. So it's going to be great. One awesome. day. Rock and roll, and I'll day. make sure that, because, like, again, this is all not done live with anything, but I'll make sure to pop up a little uh, advertisement at the very end here so that we have have that uh, have that upcoming conference up with all the information out. So go to that conference if you have time. And it's a call to Samaria. A call to, do they need to register anywhere? No, just come on. Excellent. Come on in. Come on yeah, in. We're, we're have lunch. lunch is going to be provided by the church. Man, there will be amen. a free will offering because we're we're going to give everyone an honorary. I mean, yeah. But uh, but there will be a free will offering. But but just come. We just want people to come. Man. We had one lady from Bismarck say she's bringing ten people. Man, That's amen, awesome. amen. Well, brother, uh, God bless you. You know, you. do you know how we end this show, brother? We always well, end it by saying "Sola Deo Gloria." So you get to say "Gloria." At Gloria. the end, well, yeah. not yet. Yeah, but here okay. we go. Adam, yeah, will, Adam will give it to you. So here we go. 
Well, thank you, um, everybody that uh, is uh, watching this on YouTube, is listening to the podcast right now. Thank you for your support, your prayers, and hanging in there with us anyway. Again, we hope this has edified you and that uh, this this goes to the glory of God and everything um, that we can do anyway. So anything. Anyway, with that said, this is the Tag Gear Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And so, Dave. Gloria. Gloria.